0: The world is anxiously awaiting scientists to come up with a vaccine that fights COVID-19. Well, today at Common Bond Church, we're going to discuss how God, the great designer himself, has allowed you and I to be antibodies that fight all the ills that plague us in this world. Stay tuned for more. Well, I wanted to share with us um, a topic that I'm sure you're all aware of is that so many companies are fast at work uh, seeking to create vaccines that will help us to overcome this COVID-19 pandemic that has ravaged not only our nation, but also the world. Um, I'm particularly focused on one company that I've been following. And Moderna is um, creating a vaccine based on what's called uh, the messenger RNA vaccine. And what that means is that this particular vaccine takes a blueprint of the virus and then it gets injected into a person's body. And so they are testing to see whether or not this microscopic portion of the virus will produce an antibody in the body's immune system that will allow it to be able to fight pathogens such as the COVID-19 virus. and what's interesting about these vaccines that are being created, and if you didn't have like this full context, this is you know good information to know about how these vaccines are being created. Uh, what's interesting about these vaccines is that it only takes like a, a very microscopic portion of the virus to actually start to have these antibodies created. And then once they get created, more antibodies are actually what's needed to actually really uh, fight the virus and neutralize it so that it doesn't actually affect you, you know, to the point of death or to the point of a, an extreme sickness. You know, I, I want you to to keep in mind, you know, this understanding of antibodies and vaccines as they fight viruses into the context of what we are reading in Ephesians, um, because um, Ephesians is really interesting because it's a book in the Bible that shows us how. God himself has given us a great understanding about the world that we live in and the world that we live in is is what I would call uh, filled with evil that has kind of gone astray and, and we are embracing uh, the midst of that you know day by day you know whether or not it's uh, the tension that we are seeing uh, with groups of people hating each other you know the social media that is such a a polluted place in our world where people are not necessarily getting along with each other, but they are fighting uh, even in the internet spheres of life. And that it spills over into the dangerous streets of the world. And then we also have sickness that is ravaging our life. Um, life is very, very difficult in our, our, in our world. And I, I bring that to a context because the scriptures, even though they were written, uh, 2000 years ago, even though they were written 4000 years ago, give us this understanding of how the world has gone astray from the plan that God actually has for us. Even in Ephesians chapter two, I want to back up a little bit to give us some context. Even Ephesians chapter two, verses uh, two and three, it begins to say to us uh, that you and I were dead in our trespasses. Uh, we all at once lived in a way that is either for our own self Uh, based on what we want to do in our life, based on our thought life, based on how we feel, far and away from the plan that actually God actually has for us. And what that does, it actually allows us, in the scriptures, in verse 3, it says that we live in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. We were by nature children of wrath, that's what the scriptures call us, like the rest of mankind. And so God says that in many ways the world exists today because we have decided to live in a way that is completely different than the plan that he had for our life. Think think about like the first mankind, you know, Adam and Eve, God had a beautiful plan for them. He said that he would give them an opportunity to actually rule the whole world. If they would just live life according to God's plan, but they decided that they didn't want to do that. They wanted to listen to the lies of the enemy. And ever since then there's been consistent strife, conflict, with individuals in this world, with God. And so what God has actually done for you and I, uh, even though we were dead in our trespasses, as verse uh, four in chapter two says that, you know, through mercy, you know, God has given us Christ Jesus. And uh, if, if you look at verse four, what I think about that's so interesting about that verse as we set up this conversation that we are having, it says that, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together in in Christ. By grace you have been saved. You know, it's this reality where God begins to say that in spite of your rejection to me, in spite of this reality where you have not lived life for me, I'm still going to be merciful to you and I'm going to provide for you Christ Jesus. Now, when I think about Christ Jesus, that's what I want to bring back in this antibody conversation, because I I look at Christ as a a, a kind of antibody for the world. You know, he's the antibody in, in, in that the world teaches us that because of the fact that sin and death is available in the world, we need something else to actually allow us to escape it and to be reconciled back in God. Well, God is. Given to us, Christ Jesus, to be that sense of of ability to fight all of the viruses and all the evils that actually exist in the world. And so Christ Jesus Himself is our answer. And when you look at Ephesians chapter 1 and 2, you know, particularly, and as it even gets into chapter 3, it talks about how precious, how beautiful, and how great. Christ Jesus is to the answers that actually ails the world. He tells us that if you have the ability through the mercy of Christ Jesus to be predestined before the foundations of the world to be able to walk in Christ Jesus, your life is supposed to move in a completely different direction to really get and obtain all of the things that Christ wanted your life to uh, proceed in. And so I think about it this way is that You know, even though sin is available in our life, God didn't always want us to be living in that direction of sin. But yet and still, uh, with Christ Jesus, I want to say this real clearly, is that brokenness is healed through the ability of Christ Jesus being part of our life. Um, Healing occurs when Christ Jesus is available in our life. You know, instead of death, eternal life is given because Christ Jesus is a part of our life. And so the opposite of a virus, I would say, is always Christ Jesus. And I'm talking about that from a, a, a large perspective, an eternal perspective. Whatever ails us in life, Christ is always the answer. And if Christ is the answer, you know, it's almost as if, like, through the power of the Holy Spirit, what Christ, God has done this. He says that by the baptism of the Holy Spirit, by the ability to be in relationship with Christ, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit as if it's like a microscopic uh, 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 RNA dose in your blood system, in, in your DNA, that's going to enable you to begin to fight life out in this world. So stick with me for a minute, because what we've been talking about at Common Bond Church is a reality called love. It's a reality that starts with Christ Jesus himself through the gift of the Father saying to you and I, in such as John chapter 3, verse 16, that you know, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever shall, shall believe in Him shall no longer perish but have eternal life. And that love itself is the foundation for how you and I begin to live life different in the world. You know, we read another scripture that God does not uh, desire to take us away from the evils of the world. That was in John chapter seventeen. But yet and still, God said that I want to sanctify you by My truth. One of the greatest truths of Christ and God is that. He is going to use himself injected into us to make change not only in our lives but also in the lives of the whole world. And that, that's a reality that I think that we're trying to come to an understanding when we have this topic of conversation about love. And what we're having a conversation is it's not just a, a topic that helps us to receive love from God even though that is the start of our relationship with love. Because as we've talked about love, we've talked about how we feel about love. And we understand that sometimes we have a low bar of when it relates to love. You know, love is based on how I feel. Sometimes love is based on what someone is giving to me and I'll share my love only if I am getting love from another individual. That's called the reciprocation love. But we've understood over the last month or so, as we've talked about God's agape kind of love, God's an unconditional love, that his love is so much more sacrificial. It's, it's so much more committed to us than we would ever be committed in the kind of love that we actually have naturally for ourselves. So stay with me for a second. So I, I'm, I'm saying that that kind of love that God has given to us was given for a purpose. It was given for reality that we may understand God more fully and more completely and more realistically, but also so that it would change us to be a people in this world that begins to live out God's reality to people who needed it just like we needed it. So that's where it begins to get into this topic of antibodies for the world because God is himself an antibody for us, that he is able to cleanse us. He is able to clean us up. He is able to heal us from the various kinds of issues that we have in our life. He is able to heal a broken relationship. He's able to heal a broken heart. He is able to heal your body. He is able to touch your finances in a way that need to be touched. And those are all examples where God says that I want to show you those things so that you can see how big that I am. And once you see how big that I am, you can recognize that I am truly the savior of the world who can even give you eternal life. And once he gives us eternal life, he says, don't rest in what I have given to you, but understand that all of the uh, realities that I have been given to you were so that you can share with the whole world who I am. And that's where we begin to get into this conversation of Ephesians chapter four. We use that first half of the conversation just to set up what is most important, because, you know, I, I believe over this next month, we want to go a little bit deeper in this conversation of love. You know matthew chapter twenty two verses thirty seven through forty tells us that God has given us one great commandment, and he says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength, and to love your neighbor as your second as and to love your neighbor as yourself on all these two things hang all of God's law and all his commandments that is our great commandment you know but sometimes those can just be mere words and so I'm hoping over this next month that we can drill down on this topic of love where it starts to get real, you know, in our lives. Where people are able to see in this world how Christ Jesus' as people are loving one another, loving the world so that our world no longer is experiencing the chaos that it actually truly experienced. And even if we can touch personally, one person, two people three people, you know, our immediate circle around us, it will make a tremendous impact. Because once we touch one person, two persons, uh, three people, you know, it begins to enable that person to have this relationship with God where they can touch one person, two persons, three people, you know, in their own life. And then the process of this antibody experience begins to take form. And so turn with me, you know, back to our original passage in scripture, Ephesians chapter 4. And I want us to break down a lot of the things that that God's been sharing with us, you know, in these passages of scripture so that we can have a deeper understanding of what God is doing. I I love to say this verse of scripture consistently that faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. So we need to hear how God wants us to shape our life and live live our life if we are ever to expect to actually live through it. In verse seven, God says to you and I that he is giving grace to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And uh, what I would like to do is begin to tie this message back to this grace that we actually heard earlier when I spoke about it in chapter two, uh, verses uh, four in particular, where God begins to say to us that, uh, that he loved us so much that even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together in Christ by grace You have been saved. You know, it's just this reality where God has escaped, allowed us to escape what is going on in this world because of the grace of Christ Jesus. And in chapter four, he says that this same grace has been poured upon us and shared with us in a way that will lead us to something extremely special in our life. And what I wanted to to share with us first and foremost is sometimes we think of grace from a personal individualistic perspective. And that's, you know, sometimes a dangerous concept because while God, you know, speak to us personally and individually at all the times where God wants us to understand is life is very, very communal. You know, life is supposed to be lived uh, with one another um, so that you and I begin to share those gifts that Christ has given to us in a way that allows us all to benefit. It's one of the reasons why we consistently try to have open dialogue and conversation common bond church because uh, we understand or at least i understand and the scriptures are telling us to understand how important it is for you and i to allow the gifts that god has given us to inform us through the power of the holy spirit it it is collectively where we become the best uh, reality of how god has actually allowed us to live in this world and so because of that grace god begins to say that that in verse 8 when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. You know, part of that grace is that he gave some of those gifts back to mankind, which were in himself. And when he talked about ascended, that's just him saying that he left the world when he was actually part of the world. That's why in verse nine, it says that he not only ascended, but also that he descended. It's when he came in the incarnation of his flesh to the world to seek and save those who which were, were lost. And so as Christ Jesus has descended in the world he is also ascended but when he ascended he gave grace to all of us and and of that grace includes the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds the teachers you know to equip the saints for the work of ministry that is called like our our local leadership you know in the body of christ where god has equipped certain individuals to teach and to lead and to evangelize as as and to um, shepherd so that the body of christ is actually equipped for the work of ministry Now, I don't want to scare us too far because God is not calling us all to vocationally be part of the ministry, but whenever we call ourselves Christians, it actually means that we've actually taken on the mantle of ministry in our own personal lives. You know, it's a great reality that God didn't just call us to be individuals who work at a specific company or people to be part of a specific bloodline family in their life, but actually God has called us to be part of a family that is actually a ministry and that That family that we are part of has a role and responsibility. And it says that in verses 10 and 11, after he has given us an understanding of how we are supposed to learn, and while we're having this conversation of talking about these things, I'm doing my part to express the gift that I have for us. But Christ also says that one of the goals that he really has for us is to maintain a unity of faith, and this is verse 13, And of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the fullness of Christ so that we no longer be children tossed to and fro by the ways of doctrine and by cunning, craftiness, by deceitful schemes. And so what Christ is saying to you and I is that, you know, we come in relationship with one another on Sundays in Bible studies throughout the week. um, And we are guided by those who God has sent, you know, so that we can actually come to some kind of mature manhood in Christ. You know, you can call it mature uh, femalehood as well. You know, where where you and I are just coming to some place of maturity and understanding all that Christ has wanted us to be. He is consistently transforming our minds and our hearts to be what he calls us to be. And our conversation of love is a perfect, perfect example of that mature manhood. Because as we've talked about, uh, consistently about love, our, our our thoughts about love can be very low as it relates to where God wants us to go. You know, sometimes we think that, again, this is just repetition that love is just a feeling. You know, love is just something that I care about or I'm kind to another individual. Um, love doesn't always, in our own personal scenes, mean that I reach out to someone who would actually even hate me. You know, but God says that in my purity of love and the kind of love that I have, and you can look at a First Corinthians for great descriptors of those kinds of love, where God says that you've got to learn to be more temperamental, less temperamental, but more giving to others. You know, you have to learn how to uh, not just focus on what you want, but actually focus on the things that will truly be beneficial to another individual. And He asks us to stretch ourselves very, very consistently. You know, as it talks about the concept of love. So as we think about love for that, you know, one of the very best examples that God has ever given to us in the conversation of love is a relationship and he uses our desires to be loved and to be cared for, to help us to understand how love works. He uses the idea of faithfulness as part of that conversation so that you and I understand that um, a relationship in love doesn't just mean that I do something once, You know, sometimes I've got to practice forgiveness over and over again. Sometimes I've got to endure um, hard things that I would never want to endure. But God says that that is part of, like, your love maturity. It's part of, like, your walking God. Because eventually he wants us all to get to a place where we are loving sacrificially like he would actually love the world. You know, scriptures tell us that greater love no one has than actually a friend would actually give up his life for his friends. That's who Christ is. He has given up his life so much so uh, that it is supposed to be the example of how we actually live our lives in this world. And so that is how we begin to be matured. You know, this, this reality where we are far and away, all of us should be far and away from this reality of how God wants us to live, but we are um, encouraged and we are um, uh, we are hopeful that we can actually eventually by the faith of Christ Jesus, eventually get to that place where God wants us to be, and that that should be our hope. That should be our, our longing, desire. It should be the reasons why we gather together every single week. Why we talk about things in life, so that we can actually get better to the fullness of who Christ wants us to be. And so God doesn't also want us to be to and fro, tossed by the ways of doctrine. And, and you know, I wanted to add this in because sometimes we forget seasons of what God is doing in our life. And so I want to remind us of even what God is doing in COVID-19. And I believe that God has given many of us, you know, particularly all of us, you know, especially that are listening to the sounds of, of these words and looking at me directly, is that God has given us a rest during this season of COVID-19 so that our relationship with him can be tightened to the place where we can actually fully walk out the callings and purposes of our life. You know, oftentimes the world becomes so busy and so full of things that are outside of the scope of God that we lose sight of really all the things that God wanted us to do. And, and the biggest word I think that God has given myself personally in prayer and through God's word of what's happening over the last three months is the word rest. You know, the word where where God is calling us to be in a spiritual rest, where we actually are tuning back into God so that we can actually move toward a future in him that is much better than it was before this COVID-19. And so I wanna encourage us to to still plug into that rest. And God is providing us with many different things financially and through community to help us to plug into that rest in a helpful way. And that is one of the ways I think that God calls us to no longer be children. He calls us to no longer just be distracted by all the things that we hear on the news and on, on social media to be tossed to and fro by the ways not only of doctrine but also the ways of the world you know we are always tossed hearing by what's going on but god i think has one simple word for us during the season learn to rest in me learn to pursue me with all your might all your soul and all your strength and learn to make me the priority of your life and as we do that you know god says that um we are consistently to learn how to grow And, and and um i wanted to hopefully take us through a challenging last few minutes of this scripture. You know, I want to read it first and then I want to slowly break it down. Verse 16 says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way unto him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which it is quick, When each part is working properly, makes the whole body grow so that it builds itself in love. You know, sometimes we can focus on Um, church and we can focus on church ministry and church leadership without actually realizing the purpose of all the things that God wants us to do. You know, the purpose of knowledge of God and the purpose of of understanding who Christ is is supposed to lead us to these last verses of scripture. You know, verse 17, it says that so that we build ourselves up in love. You know, God has simply one ultimate purpose for us as a people is that we actually reflect his image uh, on this earth by being built up through him. You know, he is the example of love as we've uh, continued to articulate, but God actually wants us to understand that the fulfillment of our life comes when we are building one another up in love. And the whole world is supposed to be built up in that. It starts with the body of Christ, but the whole world is supposed to be fractured in or, or grabbed in or, or brought in, you know, to this family of love so that we ultimately all are experiencing it. And so when we look, you know, on the news and when we look outside and we see chaos and we find out that there's a a latest trouble that is happening, you know, to me, it actually shows us that, you know, the church isn't quite fully living up to its potential yet. You know, we are not fully having the conversations with our friends in our community that we actually need to have. And so I'm hoping that as we hear these messages of love, That we'll start to, by faith, begin to take heed to it. That by faith, we'll be able to be convicted in our heart to say, Lord, you know, I am so deeply wounded by where our world is going. And I know that you've called me to be an answer and you've called all of us to be an answer. So, Lord, teach us to love, you know, teach us to formulate a lifestyle in you that is far greater than where I currently set my life. You know, because sometimes if you're like me, you set your life on just the personal desires that you want to accomplish. You know, sometimes you're just uh, focused on the, the happiness that you want to receive in your own personal relationship. Sometimes you just focus on the, the small household that you have and you're living with your own kids or the desire for kids that you actually have in your own life. But God still continues to press us more and more and says that that's not the only meaning of life. You know, the meaning of life is that when we get to a place where our heart is burning for the issues that we see people dying for consistently. and says that they are living this way because they have no love in their heart, which God has actually shared me to, to give to them. And so, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, as we have conversations together, that we are learning how to be stretched, how to be used by God, um, because our world is, is, is in need of great hope. It's needy of great love. It's need of the savior which we hold in our hands, which we hold in our heart. And let us not just hold tightly to it for our own benefits, but let us, let us begin to share that with all the world and how we do. You know, so some of the questions that we begin to ask is, you know, how do we do that? You know, how do we share Christ uh, to a world when God has called us, you know, to, you know, almost in in a sense rest in him? And so, you know, our rest right now is to be recharged. You know, but we still have many, many opportunities. And one of the greatest opportunities that we have is to trust God to give us the informative ways of how we can actually learn how to reach people. And so that, that takes us being able to get into quiet places with God and say, Lord, you know, who, who, is, who have you placed in my path? Who have you placed in, in, in my life that I can begin to love on? And God will take us step by step, very, very slowly. He's not going to call us to go to the ends of the world tomorrow so that we express his love to other people. Instead, he's going to probably bring to your remembrance a couple of people in your inner circle. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a, a relative. Maybe it's someone uh, that um, you see all the time that you have yet to be able to build that relationship with. And God will use those small you know, aspects of our life to begin to allow us to go deeper and deeper in life. And uh, it may not seem again, like, like we're doing a lot, but if all of the world, if you can imagine that all of the world just did that, just said that, hey, I'm gonna be an impact for change by just reaching one person. You know, the whole world could actually be changed. We, we are a mighty people of God who have failed to, you know, sometimes live to our full potential. And so I, I'm encouraging us today, you know, to be a people of unity, to be a people who love one another, uh, so that we can actually receive all the full bounty that is in God you know today I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ so if we have conversations you know as we finish up you know we can actually put that you know in our chat and uh, begin to to move into some kind of conversation but that's that's our message today you know Ephesians chapter uh, four verses seventeen through twenty seven shows us how to be antibodies in the world how Christ Jesus has Uh, taken away to heal us, uh, to provide His perfectness in our life, but we've got to feed on Him consistently so that it actually ultimately gets to its full potential, its full purpose. And its purpose was not just to heal us, but actually to heal the world. Let us all be healed in the world today in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen.